Hello and welcome to Your Active's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote and here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Your Active's Agri-Food News Team. This week, interviews with Ukraine's Deputy Agricultural Minister and with an expert from Romania. So hello and welcome to the Agri-Food Podcast. It's a very lonely, <laughs> lonely Agri-Food Podcast this week. It is just me, I'm afraid. So sorry, you're going to have to just cope with one voice this week. Um, but for very good reasons, to be fair, because Yulia is actually on her way. Uh, she's in the middle of moving to Brussels. So we're all pretty excited about that. So for all of our listeners, Yulia will be uh, based in Brussels um, from next week onwards. And we're very, very excited and happy to have her with us. Um, so I will excuse her for that. Um, and Gerardo's actually in Disneyland. So yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good excuse. But don't worry, I'm here. Got you covered um, for all the, the major news that was going on this week. And this week, of course, well, the same as last week, uh, the main agricultural news this week is still all about these import bans. So uh, last week's podcast was actually about that. I do invite you to check that out if you want a little bit of background But basically, a couple of weeks ago now, um, member states kind of on the neighbouring Ukraine, but we we call them frontline countries with Ukraine, um, implemented a number of unilateral bans on the import of agricultural goods from Ukraine. Now, this is because a number of measures taken by the EU saw an influx of agricultural goods into these frontline countries. And this has caused a lot of pressure here. It's driven the prices down. Farmers have been very concerned and you know, raising concerns about facing bankruptcy, things like that. So there was an AgriFish Council meeting this week, so a meeting of EU agricultural ministers. And naturally, this was a key topic. There was a discussion that took place behind closed doors. But luckily, we've got you covered because we had a few sources inside the room who told us what went on. And interestingly, um, so the commission, there's been talk about this second a package of support, a financial package. This comes from the Agricultural Reserve of the EU's Common Agricultural Policy. Now, this was already mobilised back in March, 56 million out of the 450 million that's available. Um, But once, just after, about two days after, the countries decided to ban the import of these agricultural goods, the Commission announced a second package of 100 million uh, euros. There's still not yet any details about how this will be divvied up between the five frontline countries. Um, But there was a discussion about this at the Agri-Fish Council this week. And interestingly, actually, it seems that the commission has actually linked, you know, basically making this funding um, conditional on the countries dropping their bans. So according um, to a source inside the closed meeting, they told us that the commissioner, uh, the agriculture commissioner, Janusz Wojciechowski, who was there present at the meeting, stressed member states will need to lift these measures in order to receive the support. So that was the kind of discussion that was going on this week. And lots of other discussions and bilateral conversations going on um, about about these bans and the disruption that it's causing. So to hear a little bit more about the other side of how this is impacting, um, we actually spoke with Ukraine's Deputy Agricultural Minister, that's Markian Dmitrisevich, um, and he told us a little bit about how the how the bans have been received in Ukraine, the impact that it's had. Um, so I asked him about the message that he had to these EU frontline countries, and this is what he had to say. The main uh, message is that Ukraine, we, we understand everything what happens in the our in our neighbor countries. We do appreciate uh, the amount of support and help 
uh, in particular in terms of solidarity lanes, uh, which these countries provided to Ukraine, to, to especially in these times when uh, Green Corridor was not operational. We do understand the um, struggles that face uh, our neighbor uh, uh, European farmers uh, because of uh, uh, world prices on the grains. You know that in the beginning of this year uh, they dropped. Uh, and we understand that not only Ukrainian farmers, but European farmers have a lot of problems. But uh, at the same time, uh, in Ukraine, we have a war and, and this uh, grain export is crucial for us not to earn money, not to, uh, to gain something additional, but to survive. Yeah. Uh, and we expect that we will find some compromise uh, and we will achieve some agreement together with the European Commission and the European structures, uh, because we understand that th this is the only legal way to find the compromise uh, together with the European Commission. Mm. And so how how do you feel talks are progressing then, in your view? You're, you're hopeful about this? Do you think there's anything more that the Commission can do to help these talks progress? What's your feeling right now in terms of the discussion and, and the kind of the spirit of the discussion. We do understand that there are some suggestions from European Commission, in particular additional uh, financial support for European farmers. Uh, uh, from, from our point of view, it's a very good uh, message to European farmers. And uh, we uh, do hope that there is some space for compromise uh, between Ukraine, European Commission and neighbor neighbor countries. Mm. And you don't have a feel of the kind of timeline that, of how that of how those talks are progressing right now. Uh, uh, from our from our side, we feel that it will take a few weeks mm -hmm. to have a final decision uh, to to reach a final uh, compromise. Mm. Okay. And so how do you have any concerns that these bans with the neighboring countries, the, the bans that they, they imposed, do you have any concerns of how that might impact relations now, but also maybe in the future? Uh, I, I'm sure that we find compromise because, uh, you know, we have uh, the same principles, the same um vision with uh, European Union and with our neighbor, neighbor states. But uh, my the only concern from my side is that Russia uses this, our discussions for their political uh, aims and uh, they just use it to push us uh, in what we already have already mentioned on Grand Corridor negotiations. Mm. It's the, the worst part of this discussion. Yeah. We don't have to give Russians uh, some uh, space, some uh, terms to push uh, additional Ukraine. Mm, yeah. And so you feel like those bans are basically playing into, into Russia's narrative, basically. Basically, they are trying to use it. We don't. Everybody understands it. So th the main thing is that everybody understands it, uh, and 
as soon as we will have this compromise and uh, will end this discussion, it, it will be help, very helpful for us in terms of uh, grain corridor negotiations. Mm -hmm. And of course, I mean, we talk a lot about the imports from Ukraine to the EU, but import uh, exports from the EU to Ukraine has also massively increased. And I was wondering, maybe you have a comment on the, the impact and the value that that has also brought, um, you know, both both ways. It's naturally that we import a lot for European Union. Uh, the reasons are also understandable. The blockade of seaports, which was on not only export route, but also import route for, for the goods to Ukraine. And it's very natural that the European Union becomes one of the main our uh, trading uh, partners. Uh, we do, in, in, due to the war, due to the uh, damages uh, that were uh, done to not only agricultural sector, but whole economy and imports. We, we do understand that we have to import fuels, we do have to import fertilizers, uh, seed materials, fruits, vegetables, in terms of uh, destruction in the other southern uh, regions where this is basically vegetables and fruits were grown. So it's just a natural process as it is very natural that we export our grains uh, using this on land routes uh, and solidarity lands. So how did this all come about? Well, to get an idea of what exactly is going on in some of these frontline countries, I spoke with the Romanian agricultural expert Cesar Gheorghi, who's been helping to advise the Romanian government since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And of course, Romania has been one of the most impacted countries here. Um, so what were the factors that led up to this moment? I would say that uh, our farmers made a terrible mistake in the months of, let's say, May, July, because they didn't sell the, the commodities. They are expect like every farmer in this world, high prices, never ending, uh, skyrocketing and so on. And But uh, once the commodities from Ukraine found the way to the lines through the, let's say, the, the grain passage that goes to, to inspection Istanbul, the price started to decrease. In that moment, they were, uh, they were impacted in the first instance by the cost of logistics because all the logistics from Romania are diverted to the Ukrainian flows because they pay better than to Romanian market. So uh, in these terms, I would add that uh, the cost of logistics increased with uh, 70% per ton of goods. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the, the disponibility of this, let's say, uh, logistics units, call it uh, trucks, uh, rail cars and barges, uh, has disappeared. So it's hard to find access. Moreover, that support being the, let's say, the only reliable and sustainable from the Black Sea Basin start to become very crowded with the Ukrainian flows and uh, the farmers need to sit uh, roughly three between three and uh, maybe seven days to discharge the goods in the port. And step by step like that, the farmers start to accumulate debts because they were not uh, able to, to pay the, the, the debts for, for the input that they purchased during the autumn of 2021 and the spring of 2022. And also, they were last somehow impacted by the fact that they don't have access to the market. The access to the market, what means? 
the crowd from the port, the disponibility of logistics and the cost of logistics. Moreover, uh, many processors from Romania uh, gather the, the, the Ukrainian flows due to the discount on prices and uh, effectively in Romanian market, speaking about the internal market right now, 3.8 million tons of, uh, of goods, of Romanian goods, are replaced by 3.8 million tons of uh, Ukrainian uh, commodities. And this creates a high impact on, on the market. Yes, from here onward, start the autumn of uh, 2022, when uh, the farmers need to get the purchase input to and finance the hectares with high cost due to energetic crisis uh, provocated uh, by, by Russia. And uh, even so, the farmers strongly believe that during the winter, because this is the habit everywhere in this world, the price will increase, which is not, uh, which was not, uh, let's say, um, happen, and uh, the farmers still sit with uh, with some uh, commodities on the stocks. All in one, Romania will remain for the next crop with uh, at least one million tons of uh, wheat. Will remain with uh, at least uh, one to one point five million tons of uh, corn unsold, plus uh, three four hundred thousand of uh, sunflower seeds, plus uh, three four hundred thousand uh, tons of uh, rapeseed. So, in your view, I mean, did we see this coming? Was there a way to predict this uh, this, this fallout? Well, I would say that uh, I, through my uh, analysis and consultants company, I offer analysis and uh, consultants on this uh, matter since 6th of February 2022. And I foresee every step how it uh, happens from the very beginning, including this uh, of Ukrainian, this impact on the Ukrainian farmers. But apparently not all of them pay attention on this. And uh, many farmers from Romania, they don't know yet that they are bankrupt uh, today and they continue to finance the the crops because the prices were bumping. Of course, the market come back at the values prior to the the war. It's normal to be like that. The people, the, the world need to be fed. And uh, they don't realize today what's going to happen in the next. They they floating along the way. So looking to the future, what are your predictions uh, for the situation? My problem is that uh, the Russians will close the corridor in 18th of May, for sure. They will do that. And they export through the grain passage uh, roughly 28 million tons. Out of these 28 million tons, uh, will search through the solidarity line to be dispatched. And uh, 40% of this will come through Romania. And keeping this number in mind, yes, keeping this number in mind, I will, uh, I will reframe a bit how it, hap- how it was uh, prior to this moment. 32 million tons were dispatched through the solidarity lines till now. Out of these 14, 14 millions, one four, were dispatched via Romania. So on the top of 14 million that cross already, we'll have the next season another 12 million. That leads us uh, to uh, an amount of 25 to 26 million tons. If we add here the Romanian flows that are designed for export, will go easily to 48 million tons, which is a kind of uh, mission impossible because Constanza Port can't handle this amount. Constanza Port in the best option of logistics and uh, ships aligned and good uh, days for working could handle maximum 33 let's say in excess 34 million tons. So it will be a huge, huge pressure, a huge, let's say, rock that will come uh, on Romania. And uh, apparently nobody wants to pay attention on this. So what, in your opinion, are the solutions that we should see to fix this problem? 
as a business person, I'm very pragmatic. I would say that uh, I'm not struggling for the money from the commission. Okay, they're good, they're okay. They will calm somehow the farmers for the time being. But the solution is not uh, this one. My solutions are the following. A part of the restricting the import, let's say, put a, put a number in tonnage of the transit that will cross through here. And also uh, put some rules regarding the usage of logistics, of Romanian logistics. Because if all the logistics will go to Ukrainian flows, we don't have logistics for ourselves. I understand the position of the European Commission that uh, said that they will... Uh, pay attention to the logistics, but you can't do this overnight. The trucks need to be built, the rail cars need to be built, right? Moreover, moreover, even when when they send ammunition and tanks in Ukraine, they build first, they manufacture first, right? And uh, because the European Union should harvest also in the same time, I assume, and they need also the logistics for themselves. So it will be a process. Also need to be, to see somehow to develop the infrastructure of Romania the rail lines, the, the the roads, because every day crossing so much tonnage on on, uh, on wheels will destroy the, the poor uh, shape of the Romanian roads. The, the, the rail lines didn't count too much. We have an average speed uh, back in 2022 of 30 kilometers, 30 uh, kilometers per hour per train of, uh, of commodities. So uh, we are not in a happy situation right now, but I would like to foresee some solutions on the long term, because there in Ukraine will never end so quick. And even so, my assumption is that uh, the Russian will never give up the territory that already taken. Ukraine more or less will remain with uh, Odessa, Pivnich, Chornomorsk, and uh, those will be, let's say, somehow uh, supposed to 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 get bombed by 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 the Russians. So the future is still through here, through Poland, through Hungary, but need investment. So that's all from us this week. And this week, like every week, the Your Active Agri-Food podcast was produced by Your Active's Agri-Food team. This week, it's just Natasha Foote with the technical support of Evie Curie. You can also find this podcast on all major streaming platforms. That includes Amazon, Apple, Spotify and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss the latest news from the EU. My name's Natasha Foote. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.